Thank you for joining me today for this brief devotional. My hope is that your heart will both be encouraged and challenged. Good Monday morning. Recently, one of the big headlines was the divorce of Bill and Melinda Gates, uh, kind of leading to the coining of a, of a, a slogan or phrase called gray divorce. Basically, it's people who are 50 or older who no longer think they should be married. As someone who's walked through divorce, I know that few things in life are as painful. I describe it often, you know, a lot of things in life are like a scalpel cut, but a divorce is like a chainsaw cut. It's very different. Leaves a lot of ragged edges and a lot of, um, a lot of trauma in its wake. Marriages today have a lot stacked against them. There's a mocking culture, a scheming enemy, an overly sexualized and entitled culture generation that we, environment that we live in and have to battle against. And then you have the fall, which set us up because women, part of their curse was that they would um, want the control and power of their husbands, but he would rule over them. and. Men have the fall, which has them toiling to a degree that often at times is unhealthy. And so there's a lot stacked against it, but there was a very specific, there were some very specific reasons that Christian marriage was designed and that God created marriage. Because first of all, he said, it's not good that anybody's alone. And second, it was supposed to be a picture of the church. It's it's a picture of God and it's in his church and the power that they have on this earth and and yet with marriages falling apart it makes it clear that it's not a really good picture to the world. If the Christian home can't keep itself together then it's not hard to believe that the world would wonder why they would be able to as well. But see Ephesians 5:32 Paul has written this letter to the Ephesians, I think it's 5.32. He's written this letter to the Ephesians and it's all about marriage and how the man should love the wife like God loves, Christ loves a church and the woman should submit to the husband and everybody hates that word. But if we really knew what it meant, we'd realize that, that it really is a gift of protection and beauty. But really, it wasn't even about marriage because he ends up saying this. He says, but the mystery is profound and I am saying that it refers to Christ and its church. So he was giving this picture of marriage so that he could show what Christ and the church was supposed to be like. It was supposed to be this love relationship that protected and surrendered its will and submitted itself. And so he wanted us to have this beautiful picture and he wanted the world to have the picture. The second thing is that inside of marriage, inside of Christian marriages, then you can raise up healthy children and healthy children we know produce a healthy um, community and healthy communities produce a healthy nation. So why wouldn't the enemy stack up everything he could against a marriage? So I just want to ask the question today, what is the state of yours? Healthy? Triage? Emergency room? 
I see you. Where is your marriage today? Where is the enemy entered? Where may we have given him ground? That whole 50-50 thing is bull. Marriage is a hundred and a hundred, or sometimes it's a gazillion and a gazillion. It is a surrendering of our will and realizing what loving looks like. It's laying down our own wants and desires to hear God's heart, then to give God's heart and betray God's heart. So one of the ways we have to stop the access point is the accusations. See, the enemy, remember, he's the accuser of the brethren. One of the places he loves to um, subvert a marriage quicker than anything is to bring accusation. Well, oh my gosh, look at what he did or look at what she didn't do or she always or he always listens. You gotta stop at the door of accusation. And, and you've gotta quit talking about, we have got to quit talking about all the things we don't like. You know, because if we're only talking about them, if we're only talking about the things that aren't right, then we're not gonna like the person that we're with. We have to move to a place of honor. So what does honoring here look like? What does honoring here look like? Then we need to ask God how He sees them. Lord, how do you see my spouse? Boy, that's a dangerous question to ask because God may show you something very different than what you think you're seeing. God, how do you see them? How do you want me to see them? Then find common ground. Find things that you can do together that aren't about work or children or finances. Just find something that pours life into the two of you together. And find couples that call you up. We've talked about that multiple times over the last few weeks. Find people that draw you up. And then listen, instead of speaking the accusation that the enemy brings, why don't you instead speak against the enemy? And why don't we start using our mouths to attack what the enemy is trying to attack and stand on the authority that we've been given? We have enough at war against our marriages. We don't need to help out the war. Not every marriage makes it, I know that. I'm living proof. And I do have regrets. There are things I wish I had used that I didn't know were there. But I do now. And you can rest assured, I've brought every single one of them to this marriage and this home and this table. So what are you bringing to yours? The Lord has everything you need. He will not make somebody else's decision or choice for them. I know that. You may pray for a miracle and never get it. I know that too. But you should still be praying for the miracle. And then trust God to do what only God can do. It's worth fighting for. So take up your battle, take up your arms fight the battle. It's a battle worth fighting.
If your heart was encouraged today, please know that we have many other resources available for you. You can discover all of those at reclaiminghearts.org.